Well, there is good news for hopeful parents. Australia has opened its first free public egg and sperm bank in Victoria in an effort to break down barriers that can prevent couples from starting a family. Now, every year, the $120 million initiative is expecting to receive around 400 sperm donations and 40 egg donations, which would amount to nearly 3,500 IVF cycles. Couples wanting to use the bank will need a referral from their GP or specialist. Well, here to tell us more is obstetrician, gynaecologist and fertility specialist, Dr Joseph Scroy, live from Melbourne. Hi, Doc. Right. Hi. The country's first free public egg and sperm bank. I mean, this is a really big move. Yeah, hats off to the Victorian government for doing this. I think, you know, it provides equity and access for a lot of couples who over the period of the last 30-odd years haven't been able to access sperm or egg donation. And so it really sort of justifies what the public sector is all about, and that's providing people who can't access private health care uh, in, in respect to their own health needs through the public sector. And, we, and that's true for everything in terms of orthopaedic surgery, cardiac surgery, and, of course, now fertility treatment as well. Mm. Uh, the government is urging people to donate their sperm or eggs. What's your message to people who may be a little hesitant or sort of sitting on the fence with this? Yes, yeah, so I think the, the thing about this uh, IVF that's publicly funded is it's great. It's providing access, as I said before, to couples. However, the underlying issue is the most important one, and that's the fact that egg donors and sperm donors, unfortunately, are a scarce commodity here in Australia. And private clinics have been trying to get uh, egg and sperm donors for a long period of time. The overall arching thing is that people feel at times that it's you know, passing on their genetic material, potentially having um, their their, their offspring contact, well, not their offspring, but the, the donor-conceived children contact them after the age of 18 might be, for some people, uncomfortable. But the overarching message I want to say is that there's no greater gift that you can give someone than the gift of future life. So if you are so inclined to donate sperm or donate eggs, I certainly encourage you to do that, not only through the uh, auspice programs through the public hospital, but also through uh, clinics such as Melbourne IVF and IVF Australia here in, in, in Australia. Doctor, I think but the important word you used there was gift because people don't get paid here, do they? They're not getting paid to donate sperm or eggs. Absolutely. There's there's no donation. So in, in Australia, there is no... Fee. There's no re, re, recompense through um, financial gain mm. for the donation of both egg and sperm. So it's a bit like organ donation. You yeah. get no compensation for it in terms of a financial reward. And so you are giving a gift, and, and it is a gift of future life. Yeah, it really is. Uh, let's move on. And chemicals in everyday products like nail polish and even Teflon pans have been linked to a steep decline in sperm counts. Uh, should we be worried about this? These are things that are in our everyday life. We've talked about this before in terms of these disrupting hormone chemicals that it can impact particularly not only in pregnancy but also for children as they grow up. And so these forever chemicals, these phthalates that are in these ongoing plastics that we use and then Teflon and the like can have impacts in terms of the fertility. And we have seen a decline over the course of the last generation in sperm counts. In terms of the toxins and chemicals, 1945 and to now we've seen a 25-fold increase increase in the amount of toxins in our environment. Now, whilst we can't be 100% certain that there's a cause and effect, we do know that there's obviously some damage that is occurring and it is seeing a decline in those sperm counts. So should we be worried? I think it's more about becoming educated about what you're ingesting and what you're putting inside your body in order to mitigate or reduce the chances. And for women who are trying to conceive, remembering that it actually takes those 
days and for men as well, those 100 days before you're conceiving to be 100% certain that you're reducing those chemicals to improve the chances of not only pregnancy, but more importantly, the outcomes for your child when they want to have children. Mm. For people who are trying to get pregnant, they read every little piece of uh, information and all the articles. We often hear that certain foods can make us more fertile or more likely to conceive. Uh, there's been some Aussie research around that. What is it telling us? So for a long period of time, we've been talking about the Mediterranean diet, a, a predominantly a plant-based diet with uh, lots of legumes, whole grains. And we know that a reduction in trans fats and also sugary sweets is going to improve the chances of pregnancy. This research that's come out of the University of Adelaide and also Monash has shown that there's not a specific diet that we know necessarily, and there needs to be more evidence collated in terms of what specific diet we need to use. But we know that the general premise is if you do reduce processed foods, junk food, and improve those um, those uh, foods such as plant-based foods and white meats, that we will see an increase in fertility, we will see an increase in pregnancy rates and also improvements in terms of IVF outcomes. All right, Doc, great information as always. Thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure. Okay, Talk thanks, Doc.